Hey guys, it's Chris Bukowski. Welcome to the Charging the Mound podcast. This is the first episode. Uh, if you've been following the blog and the Twitter, um, that'd be at Dr. Underscore Perk. I've been uh, sort of teasing a new project in the works. Obviously, this is it. Um, the response on Twitter had been good when I broached the subject of possibly doing a podcast. So um, here we go. Sitting here on uh, Monday, April 15th, watching the Mets-Phillies game. Uh, Cano just hit a two-run double to take the lead 5-3 to three in the top of the fourth. I wanted to go over some housekeeping. Um, as everybody knows, Chris Davis just went through a streak of 0 for 54 um, that he broke open on Sunday against the Red Sox. He went 3 for 5 with two doubles. Then he went and hit a monster shot today. Um Good for him. It finally breaking out. I mean, he was a he was an electric hitter uh, for like a year, and then got a monster contract that he didn't deserve. And the Orioles really, really just outbid themselves for him. Um, so it's good to see him come back. Uh, you know, come back down to earth because he had several at bats over the last uh, last week. I'd say where he was hitting the ball. You know, he was hitting rockets. That were just right at people. Um, he was hitting balls with like success rates of like ninety five percent, and was getting out on them. So it's you know he just he really had a big string of bad luck over the last I'd say week or week and a half. Uh, so he was bound to break out at some point, and uh, it, it was really good to see that he did. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is Jason Vargas, and the Mets have to do something about him. Um, I know a lot of people have been saying the same exact thing, but I, I just don't understand how this guy still has a job, to be honest with you, when somebody like Dallas Keuchel is sitting unemployed. Um, it, Keuchel's a former Cy Young winner. I, I don't understand how they haven't, you know, maybe they've, maybe they've been talking to him and we don't know anything about it, but it seems to make the most sense that you would sign that guy and you know, to be your, your number five starter, uh, and have the most dominant pitching in the national league. Then, I mean, Vargas on, on, uh, on Saturday went a third of an inning, gave up two hits, four earned runs, three walks. His ERA on the season is 14.21. Absolutely ridiculous. He's got a whip of 2.84. He's, he just has nothing. And I, I I can't fathom why the Mets still have him, even after the year last year, when he he had a whatever it was, it was like a six seven ERA over the season. How does this guy? How does this guy still have a job? It's just cheapness by the Mets owners, I think. Um, even though Brody has done a lot this offseason to uh, dissuade fans from from thinking ill of them, he 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 made some moves that were not characteristic of the Mets, which was good to see. But you know, like there it it just does not make any sense to to put to the team that you put together and say that you know, you're looking to win in twenty nineteen and still have Jason Vargas as your number five starter. He's going out there every fifth day. And I mean who's gonna be who's gonna be better than him that's on the roster right now? I mean is, is Seth Lugo gonna be your guy? Seth Lugo's terrible. Gesellman, he stinks too. I mean, if there's anybody that you that's that's out there right now, like I said, Keuchel is sitting on his couch right now. 
obviously because he's waited so long, we're we're at April fifteenth. We're we're almost three weeks into the season. We are three weeks into the season. Um, the you know obviously he's going to take if they were to sign him tomorrow, he's going to need a month. So as uh, you know, what are you going to do for the next month then? They've waited too long. They probably should have signed him a month ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Or, or made a trade, honestly. To go into this season with Jason Vargas as your number five starter was irresponsible. That's my opinion on it. Now, the topic that I wanted to talk about at, at you know length today was the extensions that, uh, that have been going around in the league. So I wanted to look back. I dated back to December to see, uh, because we had a string with no free agent, you know, no free agency moves. And while there was nothing happening in free agency, you know, like guys like Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel still without contracts, there were guys, you know, just re-signing with their team, signing extensions for the next seven years. So I wanted to look at that and see uh, see what the reason could have been and, and just see the trend that was. So dating back to December... We had the Indians lock up Carlos Carrasco for three years uh, with an option for the 2023 season, which bought out which which bought out two possible uh, sorry which bought out two free agent years and possibly three free agent years. Um, he was already signed for the 2020 season, so this. Uh, so, I'm sorry. So he, this this takes up the 2020 season, 2021 and 2022. And then it has the option for 2023. Then the Reds, when they traded for uh, Sonny Gray, they gave him a three-year, $30.5 million extension, which bought three free agent years. He would have been a free agent after this season. The Royals re-signed, uh, or excuse me, extended Whit Merrifield to a four-year, $16.25 million deal with a fifth-year option that covered... All of his arbitration years, and and that option covers his first free agent, uh, yeah, free agent year. Whit Merrifield's a hell of a player. Uh, I just want to cut in and say that he's a dynamic hitter. Uh, he's really good in the field. He can play second base, third base, shortstop if you need him to. Um, there's nothing the guy can't do. He steals. He steals a million bases. Uh, he just had a 31 game hitting streak. Spanning two seasons, you know he's he's an electric player, and he's so vital to that team as they rebuild here, and to lock him up for the next uh, you know for the next four years, possibly five years, uh, is a very smart move by Dayton Moore, um, as as like I said, as they rebuild. Philadelphia extended Aaron Nola for four years, forty five million dollars, and a fifth year option. That takes two of his free agent years. The Yankees extended Luis Severino to a four-year, $40 million deal with a fifth-year option. That covers two possible free agent years. Then the Yankees extended Aaron Hicks to a seven-year, $70 million deal with a club option. He was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. If you're going to tell me that he wouldn't have gotten more than $10 million a year on the free agent market... He's an everyday center fielder. He can hit for power. He can steal bases. He plays excellent defense. Nobody would have given him more than $10 million. I mean, that's a really team-friendly contract for the Yankees. It's, it's smart on his end because he gives himself an extra seven years 
uh, of security, possibly eight, that he knows he's going to be under contract. But uh, you know, he could have gotten gotten more on an annual uh, average value. The Twins extended Jorge Polanco to a five-year, twenty-five and three-quarter million dollar deal with two options. That uh, that takes up one of his free agent years, possibly three of them. They also extended Max Kepler to a five-year, $35 million deal with an option, which takes uh, two of his free agent years, possibly a third. The Cardinals extended Miles Mikolas to a four-year, $68 million deal. That's the exact same contract that Nathan Navaldi got from the Red Sox. He was going to be a free agent at the end of the year, so he, you know, instead of going through free agency, he just gets his extension. Colorado extended Nolan Arenado to that insane eight-year, $260 million deal. He has an opt-out after the third year, but he would have been a free agent at the, uh, at the end of this year. So teams like the Phillies or the Yankees or, you know, maybe maybe Boston, some you know somebody like that who was going to uh, be looking for him now can't uh, as Michael Franco sends a moonshot into the left center field seats to tie the game. Uh I would have figured that Nola and Syndergaard was going to be a pitcher's duel, but that's not the case right now as we're still in the bottom of the fourth inning. Um, but, yeah, so Arenado would have been the, the, the you know, prize acquisition in free agency this this year, uh, and now, now he decided he's going to stay in Colorado for the next eight. Though, like I said, he can opt out after three. Um, Mike Trout, 12-year deal, $426 million with the, with the Angels. He was going to be a free agent after the 2020 season. Bryce Harper was trying to recruit him to the Phillies, uh, which you know is his hometown team. He grew up about a half an hour outside of Philadelphia, in uh, I think it's Millville, New Jersey. So, like I said, it would have been his hometown team, and uh, I, you know, you would assume he would have jumped at the uh, opportunity to, you know, run Philadelphia with Bryce Harper. But he stays in Los Angeles for 12 years, $426 million, the largest contract in the history of North American sports. Um, and obviously, obviously every team would have been jumping at him, you would, you would assume. Not to say, I, I shouldn't say that because every team is not going to be offering him $400 million contracts. Just like, you know, Bryce Harper only had four or five suitors this past offseason. It probably would have been the same thing. So, uh, Houston re-signed Ryan Presley. He's a reliever, two years, seventeen and a half million dollars with an option. He was going to be a free agent at the end at the end of the year. Tampa Bay extended Brandon Lowe, six years, twenty four million. That has no effect in his service time. Uh, he's a rookie. Houston extended Alex Bregman to six years, a hundred million dollars which buys three of his arbitration years and the first two free agent years. The White Sox uh, did something pretty inventive. They they extended Eloy Jimenez to six-year, $43 million deal. He had not played a single game in Major League Baseball. So that has no change to his service time. That just takes up the first six years of his career. Texas uh, re-signed reliever Jose LeClerc. Four years... 14 and three quarter million dollars with two options, which could cover two free agent years. Tampa Bay extended Cy Young winner Blake Snell to a five year, $50 million deal, which covers two of his free agent years. 
Houston extended Justin Verlander to two years, $66 million deal. Uh, he was he was going to be a free agent after this season, and you know again probably would have been his last contract. You'd assume he's up there in age. He's thirty six right now. So so they lock him up. A lot of teams would have been going for him as a veteran guy in the rotation to be their ace. Uh, St. Louis, who traded for Paul Goldschmidt in the offseason, now extended him before he even played a game in St. Louis. So they really sold that city on him. Five years, $130 million. He was going to be a free agent after the uh, after this season. Like Arenado and, and, and uh, Verlander, he was going to be one of the prize acquisitions for some team in free agency. Uh, speaking of that, Boston extended Chris Sale for a five-year, $145 million deal. He was going to be a free agent after 2019. Uh, real quick, I just want to talk about what the hell is up with Chris Sale. I mean, the, he's got no velocity behind his fastball. He's 0-3 with a 9 ERA to start the season. In 13 innings, he's given up six, 16 hits and 13 earned runs. He's given up four home runs already. He's walked four batters, struck out eight. I, he's like I said, he's got no he's got no velocity behind his fastball, which is I mean, he was throwing ninety five, ninety six, topping out there. He's topping out at ninety. What happened to him? This is after a season. Did he throw his arm out in the World Series? Like did he did he did he throw his arm out in the in the postseason and 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 kill himself? What he was he was you know one of the top three four starting pitchers in the American League. One of the top ten pitchers in baseball. What happened to this guy? you got to assume he's going to get it figured out soon, or else, you know, they're dead. I mean, Boston's sitting at 6-10 and 10 right now. Kyle Hendricks with the Cubs extended him to four years, $55.5 million. He was going to be a free agent after 2020. Uh, the big one for the Mets, they re they extended Jacob DeGrom. I keep saying re-signed. They extended Jacob DeGrom to a five-year, $137.5 million deal with an option. He was going to be a free agent after the 2020 season, so that takes up uh, quite a bit of that. Boston extended Xander Bogarts to a six-year, $120 million deal with an option. He was going to be a free agent after the 2019 season. Uh, so again, he was going to be—he would have been one of the prize acquisitions again. Atlanta extended Ronald Acuna to an eight-year, hundred million dollar deal with an option, which buys two of his free agent years, possibly his third. He's got one year of, uh, of experience in the major leagues. Colorado extended uh, pitcher Herman Marquez, who just had the first shutout, a complete game shutout of 2019, to a five-year, forty-three million dollar deal with an option. It buys one free agent year. Toronto extended Randall Grichuk, five years, $52 million. He was going to be a free agent after 2020. The Cubs extended David Bodie, five years, $15 million with two options. That covers all of his arbitration years. It, those two option years could cover two free agent years. St. Louis extended Matt Carpenter, two years, $39 million with an option. He was going to be a free agent after this year. And lastly, which was, uh, this is something that I've wanted to talk about. Atlanta extended Ozzy Albies to a seven-year, $35 million deal. It's an average of like $7 million a year. What? 
with two options. He was going to be a free agent after 2024. This covers three free agent years. What in the world? That, and, and he said, you know, when asked about it, because it's such a team-friendly contract that people are saying, you, you screwed yourself. He said, I, you know, I want to play in Atlanta. I, I, have, I have no issues with this. I want to play in Atlanta. This is where I love to be. Uh, I want to support my family. I'm not trying to be greedy. Fine, I, I can respect that. But, I mean, then you take away your, you know, three free agent years. The dude, I mean, he's only 22 years old. He's going to be a free agent after 2026, so he'll be uh, uh, he'll be 29 at that point. Or, I'm sorry, after 2025. But he's got the 26 and 27 option, so he could be 30 years old when he hits free agency. It's just a, it's just a strange thing. He's, an, he's a great second baseman. He's a great hitter. He and Acuna uh, completely energized the team, la- the, the Braves last year in their playoff run. He hit 22 home runs, I think. Drove in like 70 runs. Plays good defense. And like I said, he's a great hitter. He and, he and uh, Acuna are ex- really exciting to watch. I just don't get a $35 million deal over seven years with options to, to bring it to a whopping $45 million. The dude could have gotten so much money in free agency when he was going to hit at like 27. He was going to hit free agency at 27 years old. I I just think it's silly. He costs himself a lot of money. But the whole point of this is that's 29 players that I just went through. 29 players have signed contract extensions since December. So what does that say about the free agent process and the, and the arbitration process? I mean, we got into something we saw last year where the Yankees uh, rejected Dellen Betances' uh, his asking price, uh, they rejected that and said you're told and told him in a in a settlement with an arbitration board said you're not worth that we don't view you like that, and obviously he was pretty upset about that about being you know being treated that way by his team who wouldn't be. It's an ugly process that happens constantly where. You know, you ask for six million, and your team is your team is like, get out of here. We're going to give you four. Or you know, it's just it's just a weird process. And then free agency, as we've seen the last two seasons, where somebody like JD Martinez signs in late February and then goes on to hit forty home runs and you know lead the lead the Red Sox through the postseason into the World Series. Or you know this offseason where Manny Machado and Bryce Harper were unemployed for nearly four months. Sure, they got their deals, but then there's other guys who didn't. There's guys like Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell, who I keep going back to. Craig Dallas Keuchel's a former Cy Young winner. Craig Kimbrell is, you could argue, is one of the top five closers, top five best closers in the history of the game. And they don't have contracts. You know, those, these guys are unemployed right now. So what are we supposed to make of the process? You know, Yasmani Grandal had to settle for a one-year deal. It's just bizarre. The, the process is broken, and these players know that, and that's why they're signing these extensions so that, they, so that they don't have to get into trouble when they when they hit free agency. They don't want to be 
you know, they don't want to be a Yasmani Grandal or, a, or somebody like a Mike Moustakis who for the last two years has had to settle for, for one-year deals. A year after he hit, he hit 40 home runs, he hit 40 home runs in 2016. I'm sorry, in 2017. And had to sign a one-year deal to prove himself. Then he hit well again. And he had to sign another one-year deal. <laughs> he had to sign a one-year deal and agree to move to a new position. Dude's a lifelong third baseman, and, he's, and he signs, uh, re-signs with Milwaukee for one year and goes, all right, I'll move to second base if I have to, just so we can get a job. It's ridiculous. And like I said, the, the, the process is broken. And I think players and agents are seeing that, that teams are not willing, you know, for the most part, to give out big money anymore to, you know, to middle-tier free agents. Someone like Jed Lowry signed a two-year deal for $20 million. He could have gotten three years. I mean, yeah, the, the big guys get their money. You know, Hosmer and, and uh, J.D. Martinez last year. Obviously, we had Harper and Machado and, and Patrick Corbin this year. But then there's guys like Yasmani Grandel who signed a one-year deal. You know, Michael Brantley had to settle for two years. Josh Donaldson signed a one-year deal. Wilson Ramos had to sign for two years. Marvin Gonzalez had to sign for two years. Nelson Cruz had to sign for one year. I mentioned Jed Lowry. You know, you've got Gio Gonzalez, who had to sign a minor, minor league deal with the Yankees. The Mets couldn't go after him? You're telling me he wasn't a better option than Jason Vargas? He certainly would have been cheaper. The Yankees got him for a minor league on a minor league contract. Matt Harvey got a get a guaranteed deal, but Gio Gonzalez didn't. Daniel Murphy had to sign a two year deal. Brian Dozier one year. DJ LeMahieu two year deal. He's a former batting title champion. Like I said, Mike Musak has one year ten million dollars. The. I, I can't say it enough. The free agent process is broken. That's why we saw 29 players since December sign contract extensions so that they can secure themselves for the future. Even if it's only for two years. You know, many of them for, were for long term because they don't want to go through the free, the free agent process and risk losing years and losing money when teams simply are not giving out money to middle-tier free agents. It's not happening. They'd rather go cheaper. It's it's extremely flawed. And when the, I think when the collective bargaining agreement, uh, is up, I believe that's after twenty twenty one. There's going to be a change. There has to be. Because the players are not being protected anymore. You know they they lose out on money in arbitration. They certainly lose out on money in free agency. So something's got to be done with the league. Something's got to be done to protect these players that they're not losing this much money and they're not scrambling to sign you know, deals in the middle of March when they've got two years left in their contract already just so that they can secure themselves an extra three years. 
And now what's going to happen is Anthony Rendon, who's now the top free agent in, in you know, going into 2020. Is Anthony Rendon going to sign an extension with the Nationals? Perhaps Didi Gregorius is going to sign one with the Yankees. That's been rumored. We're going we're gonna to have no major free agents going into the next season. It's just going to be little guys. Not to say that Anthony Rendon is a, is a little guy. He's not. He's one of the best third basemen in baseball. But uh, I, I don't anticipate him signing a contract. I think he's going to sign an extension with the Nationals, to be perfectly honest with you. Otherwise, what I wanted to get into, there was a comment by Ken Griffey Jr. today saying that the league needs to market black players because there are so few in the major leagues. He's not wrong. I mean, look at Mookie. Mookie Betts should be a household name. Mookie Betts, the reigning AL MVP, is one of the best players in Major League Baseball. You could, you could certainly say top five, I'd think. Who outside of Boston knows him? If you go to if you go to St. Paul, Minnesota, and you mention the name Mookie Betts in a bar, who's going to turn their head and talk to you about it? And I mean, aside from that, if you do the same thing, what if you go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you talk about Mike Trout? Who the who the hell is going to know who Mike Trout is? He's the best player of the last what twenty five years. People don't know who he is. He doesn't get marketing deals. He doesn't get he doesn't get shoe deals. He's not on you know not to the extent that somebody like Bryce Harper is. Certainly not to the extent of stars in other sports. Baseball doesn't have a Tom Brady. Baseball doesn't have a LeBron James or a Steph Curry. Or even a Kevin Durant. You know? Who's hockey's top star? Ovechkin? Sidney Crosby? Baseball doesn't even have that. To the point where you can say that guy's name and everybody knows who he is. The last the last moment that we had was Jeter, where everybody in the world knew who Derek Jeter was because he was marketed, because he had deals with everything. He had his own cologne line. He was in credit card commercials. He was in you know Nike commercials. He did you know uh, he did soda commercials. He did every Gatorade everything. He was the face. He was the face of the of the league. They don't have one anymore. And, and you know, baseball's excuse when talk when when brought up when brought it up to him, Robert Manfred said that Mike Trout has to market himself better. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it's the player's job to market themselves to to be better on Twitter and Instagram. I guess it's the job of the sport of of the you know of the league. It's the sport's responsibility. To hype these guys up, to hype up a Harper or a Trout or a Mookie Betts, you know, in New York, Aaron Judge is the guy. He's everywhere. He's on Pepsi, you know, Pepsi ads and bus station, you know, bus. I, I don't know why I said that. I haven't been in a bus station in my life. Um, but you know, he you go into the supermarket and he's on a big cutout for Pepsi. He's the guy in New York, but I, I don't I don't know that outside of it, people know who he is. Outside of the city. You know, if I'm going to Indiana, do people know who Aaron Judge is? I know they don't know who Mike Trout is. 
the and, and and I mean it falls on baseball's dwindling audience. TV ratings are down. Ticket sales are down. People don't watch the sport, and they keep on they keep on making rule changes. They keep on you know shortening mound visits, and they want to limit all that. They want to take out intentional walks, which they already did. They want to uh, do robotic umpires and everything. They're trying to change the game so that they can appeal to people that aren't and will never be baseball fans. Nobody who watches baseball cares about the time. I don't care. About, I don't care that you that you took six minutes off the game. Nobody's going to be like, oh, man, baseball was too long when it was two hours and 15 minutes. But now that it's a cool two hours, 43 minutes, I'm in. You've got me. That's not the issue. The issue is that you don't mark, the sport doesn't market their stars. Somebody like Noah Syndergaard could be a national star. Somebody like Judge could too. Trout too. Mookie Betts, absolutely. Stanton, Harper, all these guys. You know, it just doesn't make any sense that they that they could be so poor when they've got this gener so many so many players who are generational talents, and they could be so poor and tone deaf when it comes to marketing them. Like, Griffey, when I was growing up, Griffey was on everything. His face was everywhere. Everybody knew who Ken Griffey Jr. was. Why is it that only baseball fans know who Mike Trout is? And I keep going to that example, but I should. Because Mike Trout is the literally the best player of my lifetime. The 26 years I've been alive, there's never been anybody like, like Mike Trout who has taken the league by storm so quickly. He's in the league for six or seven years. He's, he's on a trajectory to have the career of Mickey Mantle, possibly better. And non-baseball fans do not know who this guy is. That's what I mean by marketability. Because you don't have to watch football to know who Tom Brady is. You don't have to watch football to know who Aaron Rodgers is. Or Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, you don't have to watch the sport to know that. If and if I don't watch basketball, I'm a casual basketball fan. But if I don't want go to your grandma. Ask her if she knows who LeBron James is. She does. You know, basketball doesn't have this problem. They had Jordan, now they've got LeBron. They'll have somebody after LeBron retires. Football doesn't have the issue either. Once Brady retires, they'll figure somebody else out. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be Baker Mayfield or something. Maybe it'll be Odell Beckham. Who knows? Maybe it'll be Carson Wentz. Those leagues don't have that problem. Hockey doesn't have that problem. They had Gretzky. Now they got Sidney Crosby. You know, Gretzky, Lemieux, Sidney Crosby. Once Sidney Crosby retires, they'll have somebody else. They'll figure somebody out. You know, maybe probably Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid will be the kid, the guy, the face of the sport. Baseball has a crazy issue with that. 
The leak can't grow. And another issue with it is the ridiculous blackout rules. Football, basketball, and hockey do not have those issues where if I live if I live here and I live, you know, 25, you know, 25 within a 25, 50 mile radius or whatever it is of a certain city, I can't watch that sport. So with baseball, I can't watch the Mets or Yankees on MLB, on, on MLB TV. I need to have a cable package that's blacked out for me. That doesn't happen with the NHL. I'm able to watch the, the Rangers, Islanders, Devils, whatever. Basketball, I'm able to watch the Nets or Knicks. Football, I'm able to watch the Giants or Jets. It doesn't matter that I where I live, they don't black out. There's no local blackouts in those sports. There is in baseball, and it doesn't allow the league to grow. Thank goodness I can watch the Diamondbacks. It's really frustrating for the fans, for, for somebody who wants to see the, the game grow, because there are so many great stars, and the product has been so good. It shouldn't be that way. There shouldn't be this struggle to market the game and market its stars. And it does go back to black players, like Ken Griffey Jr. said, where we have so few in the league. As Griffey said, it's a baseball problem. 7.7% of MLB players are African American. Of 882 players on opening day rosters, there's only 68 of them who are black. That's ridiculously low. They've... I, it all falls onto the league not being able to market the game properly. Where they can't get eyes on the product. And there's no fault other than, you know, on the game, on the game itself, and on, in my opinion, on the commissioner. It's a problem that has to be solved, for the game to grow further for future generations. So, that's all I've got today for the first episode of the Charging the Mound podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe on on iTunes. It'll be everywhere that podcasts are uh, available. iTunes, Spotify. Again, I hope you liked it. I'll have a piece on the on the blog next week. I'm trying to do the podcast bi-weekly. You can get me on Twitter and Instagram at doctor underscore perk. Doctor is spelled out. The website is chargingthemound.com. I'll catch you in two weeks.